Hello, welcome to the OYAP podcast. I'm Joachim Valentin, the OYAP coordinator from the Hamilton Wentworth District School Board. And I am Pat Pirro, the OYAP coordinator for the Hamilton Wentworth Catholic District School Board. Our guest today is Dan Guest. Isn't that neat? <laughs> Dan, I'm sure you never heard that joke before. Not yet. Not yet? Oh, there you go. There you go. So Dan is here from Guest Plumbing and Heating, and we're going to talk about the plumbing trades and HVAC trades right in the Oh Yeah podcast. So let's get yeah. right to it. All right. So I'm going to ask a couple of big questions here. Well, we'll, we'll all, and we'll ask stupid little questions too. How about that? So how did you get into plumbing? What was your pathway from like 14-year-old Dan to today? Yeah, starting off, I, uh, I worked for a friend's father as his farm boy um, in the summer months when I was off. I think it was in grade, grade 10 summer. And uh, he owned a small plumbing company out in Ancaster, Ontario. And I was going to McNabb at the time. And he actually uh, was running his plumbing company, so I asked him if he would take on any co-op students. So during my grade 11 year, I did a co-op with him. Um, and then I worked through the summer. And then I did it again Oh, sorry, that was my grade 12 year, and then my summer, and then I was able to go back and actually get two more credits for the last two remaining credits for my high school, um, which was awesome because I worked with him through the summer, he got to know me, and then I said, you know, you got to do a little bit of work, but it's kind of free labor. Um, so I worked for him for my last two credits through uh, Mr. Hitchcock, who was my co-op teacher at the time. Was Were awesome. you Was the OYAP program running then? Yep. Yeah, he yeah, okay. was also my football coach, which was pretty cool. Awesome. Um and yeah, kind of he. They were the ones that kind of got me into the plumbing trade, and then from there, kind of continued on with him after um, after high school, which was awesome because it was a little bit older then. Right. Had a vehicle, was able to drive. Um, but yeah, that was it. Was a good experience to kind of get my feet wet. I was never really hands on. I, I failed shop class, so uh, being able to kind of get it in a real world application was actually very beneficial a for myself. Different. Yeah. Yeah, especially my parents were pretty happy that I actually knew what I was doing. Okay, so then after high school, mm -hmm. how, did you go straight into an apprenticeship, or did you go to college, or no? So it was actually a, it was a huge challenge for me at the time. Um, at the time, it was two to one ratio, so two licensed plumbers to one apprentice. Right. Um, so they didn't have that being a small company. So I worked as a laborer for about a year and a half. Um, well, labor. I was I was a plumbing apprentice, but I wasn't signed up. Right. So a huge challenge in that uh, that area. Um, and then from that, I actually quit. I got pretty overwhelmed being about 19. I was in my own band at the time. Uh, you know, I thought the world was ending. And I quit, and I went and worked at a friend's stepfather's machine shop and realized that that is not for me either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I was unemployed for a bit, and then I went back to plumbing. He was fortunate enough to give me an opportunity. And at that time, we just worked the numbers a little bit with the, the back-end stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, we, we, it, was, it was really challenging. So his son was actually his apprentice. So when he went to school, he signed me up. So technically he wasn't employed with him. So he was able to sign me up, which I was very, very fortunate. Well, the, these challenges have changned now with the one-to-one -one ratio. So if you were in a different situation, you would have been signed earlier. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we'd hope so, right? That's yeah. a big challenge for a lot, of, uh, a lot of kids coming out is they're not getting signed up when, they sh when they're supposed to be. That's yeah, with finding with. I think that was a big improvement the government made going to one to one, huge for allowing more opportunities. And then yes. even like you say, you were working there for a while, and then 
wanted to try something different, you went and tried a different trade, and then you realize, oh boy, that's not what I want. But even though you pick up, you may have picked up more skills or had skills that you were able to bring into machine machining. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting path. Like I think I'm not sure if I would have quit if I got signed up at the time. You know, being registered for school and exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, it's a challenging time as a as a you know an, um, a young adult um, being you know, not in control of your own path because the, the school system isn't really that supportive at that point. Right. It's, you know, I'm a student, I'm, a, I'm an apprentice, I'm an employee. Like what am I kind of, it's a very like odd limbo place I find. So what we try to do a guest is really support our guys throughout that whole process. This is how you get signed up. This is where you're going to school. Perfect. This is who you call. You know, this is how the program works. These are why your hours are associated. So yeah, it was uh, it was challenging <laughs> at times for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah I've heard you talk about um, at a conference when you were presenting. You were talking about how the apprenticeship is very important, but also, well, I mean, for the apprentice, but also the people who are the sponsor employer, if they have an aptitude for mentoring, mm-hmm. can you explain a little bit of your your kind of view on the mentoring aspect of it? Yeah, yeah. So my experience. Um, so an, an apprenticeship-based, um, if you're plumbing, electrical, HVAC, a lot of them are 9,000 hours. So if you base a 9,000 hour, it's five years. That's what they talk about, right? Um, so that's actually based on a 36-hour work week. So in my business, we do 44 hours. If we're a little bit slower, we do 40. So most apprentices, including myself, when I was younger, I was doing 50-hour weeks all the time. So yeah. I was actually able to get my hours in four years. The challenge with that is, is the schooling portion. So what they don't tell you is you have to wait a year from when you get signed up to go to actual, whether you're going to Mohawk or Conestoga um, or George Brown, they make you wait a year from sign-up date. Okay. So if an employer is delaying that sign-up date, they're actually delaying your first term of school. Right. So... I was pretty smart at the time, so I worked my magic, and actually, I did back-to-back school Mohawk, and then I had to drive all the way to Conestoga for my term two. Okay. Okay. So I did that knowing that I turned Mohawk College as a business, um, so I made sure I found an empty seat somewhere, and I filled that seat, because they get quite a bit of uh, money from the government, not only from... Yeah, they don't want to run a program with empty seats, and we're sure, we, we're right. quite involved. We have... Um, um, Pat and I both have... We work together with our level ones, the OEAP accelerated level one programs. They're only offered in Hamilton in a few programs, but okay. lots of school boards don't offer them at all. It's not possible. Yeah. But we, we are able to offer level one for general carpentry, truck and coach, automotive service technician. Uh, we're developing a welder. Um, I'm forgetting a few. <laughs> Child and youth worker. Child and youth worker. Child, yeah. Child, uh, child development. development practitioner. And then, anyway, that that's, I am, should have it in front of me in paper. I'm, <laughs> my brain that's is scrambled good. right now. But, um, but to be able to offer that while a student is still in high school so that they do that level one, they are signed, but because they have co-op experience, they're accepted in a level one. It's not a pre-apprenticeship program. It's the level one training. Yep. And then when they graduate, they can even do it as a post-grad if it's part of their continuing uh, high school career. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they can uh, go back in, into the industry after graduating or after leaving high school. Yeah. And that would set up about a year 
or to 18 months of work before the level two. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, if, if, if you don't have onsite experience, we find anyways, the kid, the, the, the young adults that we get, men and women from uh, the pre-apprenticeship program with no onsite experience, it's really hard to understand what you're learning. And Absolutely. that's yeah. where we find, so it's, for us, it's mandatory, or I shouldn't say mandatory, but it's recommended that even if they've done a pre-apprenticeship program that qualifies them for their level one, we send them back to level one. Okay. Uh, the problem with learning before you understand is you're not able to use those practical skills. The reason I, we, we think the, uh, the apprenticeship program is phenomenal. I went through it. It was great. Absolutely. It was a blast. It was, you know, you understand your industry. You understand yep. the people in your industry. I still have dear friends that I would, you know, that work at different companies that, you know, I can call on if I got a problem. If I'm in a mechanic room, I can, you know, I can call guys at Bernie Iron Sons. I can call, uh, I can call my buddies at the Reuter guys if we got a problem. Right. Um, I can call Glenn Richardson out in Burlington. Like yeah. I got all the. So you built you built a network yeah. in that industry. All from school. Absolutely. You right? have a, you have a big family of plumbers. Yeah, they're fantastic guys. They've all got their own, you know, skill sets, their own specialties. They're all rock stars in their own yeah. aspect. Like your tools. You know, yeah. yeah, your your buddies, right? So. The, the Mohawk, and, and what's nice about it is you end up going to school with them sometimes three times, right? Right. right. I got a buddy, exactly. buddy that's a mechanical foreman at LJ Barton Mechanical. It's a fantastic company. We're best friends. Um, I was the best man at his wedding, right? We sat beside each other for three terms of school. <laughs> it was great. Um, it, sounds, it sounds like trouble for the instructors. It was trouble yeah. for the instructors. <laughs> but you'd think that, but it's actually the exact opposite. Yeah. When you get a bunch of people in a room that love what they're doing and what, love what they're learning, sure you guys can appreciate that as educators uh, yeah for sure it's a blast because you're engaged right and you're you're into it and yeah mm. we thought and that's I mean, what instructors love as teachers you know uh we know that if your students aren't engaged right you're you're not making any progress you need to get that traction and if they're having fun at the same time that's a bonus totally so can i i'm gonna go earlier now yeah uh some of the listeners so f so say we got a listener who's in grade nine grade 10 is thinking yeah. i'm considering becoming a plumber mm -hmm. what kind of stuff should they be doing in high school to prepare themselves yeah i mean those are changing uh math is definitely a big one but not complicated math right um you know i, I went to a college you know i was in university math until about grade 10 and then i went down to academic or yeah, uh, applied, applied or college applied stream yep. yeah apprenticeship actually, college stream math it actually really helped me in my apprenticeship I got exempt from two of my levels for math because I was good at it. Mm -hmm. yep. um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not a big academic. I, I never did that well in school. I was always there. You know, went to class, but, um, you know, I, I did the applied. I think after grade 11, I went fully applied, um, which was good for me. It was a huge weight off my shoulders, not trying to, you know, be a philosophy major. Right. Um, which I wasn't good at. <laughs> um, but it let me excel in things I was good at, right? I think the high schools do a little bit of a, not a bad job, but it's a it's a different way of learning, which is like l applied as if you're like you know maybe not as smart, but applied I think is a different path, right? Where it's the it's yeah. what the word means. Apply it. Um, yeah, and and it it does depend on the course, right? Totally. But in, if you're in a math course, Pat and I are quite uh, uh, we promote pretty heavily the MCT, which is Math for College and Technology. Yeah, it's got a C on it. 
-hmm. So it would be like a college, but it's really the apprenticeship preparation math in grade 12. I would highly recommend that. Highly, highly, highly. Um, You also, anything that's going to get you using tools. So if you're in a carpentry class, if you're in uh, automotive, automotive was actually really great for me. I, I didn't understand it, didn't do that well in it, but got me using the tools, got me understanding how to use it. Exactly. Die. Yeah. And it's crazy, but you pick those things up later in life. Right. Oh yeah. I know what that is. It's yeah. a die head. It's a lot of measuring tools in automotive. Yep. Totally. Right. When so I went to, any that, ex- ma- any when I went to that machine shop, they used a thou counter. Right. Right. And you start using that counting to thousandths of an inch, yep. which is, is pretty crazy until yeah. you see it. And yeah. You start cutting thousand pieces of steel that have to be perfect yeah yeah, yeah that all have to meet the same standards they the have same to be specs. within a thousandth of an inch mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so that was really cool and it, it's it's interesting even talking about it now i'm just bringing back some memories of, yeah what did what did what did i learn and from where so yeah that was a yeah. lot of fun. interesting yeah, okay sure. so now in the day-to-day in plumbing what kind of tools and materials do you use does a plumber use his phone <laughs> yeah we use our phone a lot um, you mean the flashlight? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's funny to talk about, but y- your phone can be your best friend. Um, it's a little bit different from school where I don't know how they, they teach now, but, um, all our guys have iPads on site. Um, it's a tool. It's, it's probably the most important tool. It's going to pull up specs. It's going to call for support. Um, it's going to, you know, keep your notes, keep your photos, you know, okay. keep you engaged. Um, it's also your sign in, sign out tool. Okay. So probably your plans as well, the specs, the designs, everything. Yeah. It's your go-to, right? So as much as you think plumbers are just, you know, getting dirty in a hole, all our guys have, you know, $2,000 iPads and a nice leather case. And wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. Good point. So, you know, our sign in sign out tools, it's a GPS, um, it's a map, it's a tracker. So yeah, it's, it's a really important tool. Um, you know, our big thing is work smarter, not harder. It's not about just lugging around big, heavy pieces of machine. Um, yeah. It's about being smart and methodical and, and making sure you got all the right tools for the job. Other than the iPad, what's the other most uh, popular or common plumbing tool? Your tape measure, your level. <laughs> we talk about being plumb and plumbing. Yeah. Um, so right. that means level, straight. Um, also with plumbing, you want things to have slope on them, so you want to yeah. go downhill. The water doesn't drain. Good point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what... Uh, what would be in your, so how, how, again, we don't, I didn't even ask this. How long have you been a plumber? Five years? Ten so years? That's a lot, no. hundred years? Um, no. That's a I loaded question. In, uh, sixth year business. Yeah, 12 years. 12 yeah, years. Yeah, I'm in my 13th year. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So that's I was cool. on the business for six, and I was a, you know, a licensed technician and a master plumber for seven. So. Okay. What's the most that you think back of the most interesting job you've been on? Like when Pat, when he walked in this uh, building, he looked around and he said that he was the the foreman of the, you call it, the, not the infrastructure, what did you call it? Well, the education center. Yeah, the education yeah. center, yes, yeah. but the foreman of the... Yeah, the finishing. Of all the finishing, yeah. right? All the plumbing, HVAC. Yeah, so I, d- I did this building, which is uh, was a huge, huge deal for me at the time, seeing something mm-hmm. from the ground up. Yeah. Remember? Trying to get plumbing to that church in the back, <laughs> yeah, or the old schoolhouse. Yes, yeah, the uh, old schoolhouse they yeah, invited. That was a that was a challenge for sure. Um, Everything drains okay in this building, <laughs> Okum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No bursts yet. <laughs> Hopefully, um, <laughs> no. It's uh, most most interesting. There's so many to to, to stand on. Um, 
we did a, a unit where it was actually fed District Energy. So District Energy is a uh, mechanical house downtown Hamilton that actually feeds heat and cool, um, cooled or chilled water to um, different parts of the city, different big buildings. And we actually did the first um, with guest plumbing. We did uh, the first building to do um, heat and residential water. So we did a heat exchanger, which transfers hot and cold water. Um, so it was able to be on non-domestic and domestic side water. And that was definitely, definitely interesting because we were working alongside the engineers to kind of make sure it worked. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that'd be a huge... How long would that project take? Uh, that was about just over a year. Wow. Yeah, that it was 26 big. units. So that was a lot of fun. Okay. That's a big project, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so... Are you a Red Seal plumber? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can you explain a little bit how that works? Like on your team, the plumbers you've got on your team, yeah. do you do you expect them all to complete the Red Seal exam? Yeah. So ours, uh, again, you go back to that 9,000 hours. So we try to really push education. So if you're going to be a plumber, we also want you to be a gas fitter. So in Ontario, you have to have your gas license and your plumbing license. When you're out in, say, thing out west you've got it's all one ticket you get your gas fitter and your plumbing at the same time okay here it's a little bit different um so yeah so we we train our guys right from co-op or the OYAP program um right into just you know a, an apprentice um and then we work them through so we do a lot of different skills throughout the, throughout the business and then yeah everyone gets the red seal okay so what other uh, tickets would they you would want your employees to have their gas fitters license. Yeah, we try to get them to get their gas. Um, now that we have our HVAC division, we get refrigeration tickets, okay. sheet metal, um, which is always good. And then there's a lot of small tickets that you're required to get as you go, whether it's a gas tight or a ward flex, which is just different piping techniques. Um, and then, of course, your safety stuff, working at heights, right? fall arrest, confined spaces, um, your WIMIS. And you, you, do your employees get paid the day they have to go for working at heights recertification there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. Part, oh, that's great. Yeah. So if they come from, usually they come from a uh, pre-apprenticeship program or something, but yeah, they get paid while they're doing those courses. Mm-hmm. Great. great. Yeah. Okay. Um, in plumbing, have you, have you, cause we, we also work with um, obviously any students that are interested, but female plumbers, have yeah. you worked with any female plumbers? Yeah, there was, there was a couple in our course um, not on site before. Um, it's a very physically demanding job, but there's a couple of rock stars in the city. Again, we talk about that plumbing community. So we see them, we follow their Instagrams and yeah, there's a couple, uh, a couple awesome female plumbers in the city from what, what I know about. We see them at the suppliers all the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's definitely a male dominated trade. Definitely. I mean, predominantly male. Predominantly male. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Predominantly male. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are there any barriers? For a, a different person to do no, it, or not like really, no, they're just physical, just physically demanding for most plumbers. Um, when you're going through your apprenticeship, you can be you can do, be doing a lot of manual labor. Um, you know, we tend to have our pipes in the ground. That means you got to dig. Yeah. Um, that being said, I mean, we're at a level now where there's management positions, there's sales positions. Um, that's what we're really trying to promote um, through our. Our business is that plumbing doesn't just mean you're installing toilets or 
because it would just mean you do your whole life. Right. So what, what other right. career opportunities could uh, an apprenticeship in? So once the person has completed their apprenticeship in plumbing, work a couple of years in the industry, yeah. what other um, it's endless opportunities um, are there? Whether you want to be in sales, you want to be in marketing, you want to be um, working for a supplier, if you want to be a specialist. Um, I know some plumbers that work for the school board um, that want to be in maintenance. Um, there's so many specialties. You, you name it, there's an opportunity for it. Um, you know, I'm a plumber. I own a business. I employ 30 people. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. That's a good-sized company. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it, there's, there's nothing but people are great. So getting to learn, learn what you like and learn what you don't like throughout your industry. Yeah. Um, a lot of people treat an apprenticeship <laughs> as a job, but an apprenticeship is a learning opportunity. Um, it's just like going to university. You know, there's no course in university under four years, at least for your main entry level think of it like that you get four or five years of learning while you get paid which is the bonus right earn while you learn yeah you don't get a lot of debt when you're done if any um and then you come out of it and you can make some decisions this is what i want to do this is what i want to you know this is how i want to take my career path yeah a lot of people don't think it's think they think okay they're done they got their plumbing license now they're just a plumber for the rest of their life but that is not it's not factual no, there's a lot of areas where you can grow, right? Uh, a good tradesperson can grow into supervision, can grow into becoming an instructor, a teacher, a business owner, entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. So, Dan, I was going to ask you, um, you know, listeners might want to know, how does plumbing rank as far as wages? You know, uh, if they were to invest their time in an apprenticeship to become a plumber because they're interested in it, we're, how how would you rank that? I know you're a business owner, and um, you know you are obviously lo- always looking for good people, yeah. right? And you would always say, sure, this is a great a great place to work, a great field to uh, to get involved in. But how would you, yeah, you know, compare it? How would you rank it? Yeah, we're like, I'd like to think we're top in our industry. Um, you've got refrigeration mechanics are definitely a little bit longer. A little bit harder to get into school. It's a little bit more technical. There's a lot of electrical within refrigeration. Um, so refrigeration is definitely up there in terms of pay scale. I'd say we're top five for sure. Um, Amazing. want to get into elevator mechanic. You know, again, there's danger pay, stuff like that. A lot of people don't realize this, but roofers make a ton of money. Um, try being on a roof in the summer. Try to be on a roof in the winter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why yeah. they get paid more. Yeah. Um, they're also on a roof. So that's right. There's a, there's a lot of really great skilled trades that if you want to work hard and, and, and kick ass, you can do that. Um, plumbing's yeah, we're you know we're making our guys are making anywhere from thirty to forty bucks an hour, licensed. Impressive. Uh, yeah, which I mean, you do some overtime, it's a hundred grand a year. Yeah, yeah, great. With benefits great. And, and you know sometimes they take home a vehicle. There's right. a lot of opportunity, and a lot of opportunity for good skilled workers. Yeah, that's good to know. Good information. Thanks, Dan. Excellent. Do you see this uh, this uh, career pathway evaporating in no. the years to come? Like, I know there's, uh, I hear stuff in, in education around um, the creative economy and the jobs of the future and, and a lot of design and, and that kind of stuff. And I, and I have thought, you know, well, who's going to build the buildings that all the thoughts and yeah. brain power is coming out of? Like, we need designers and planners and and uh, plumbers to to take the designs and make them real, like in the building that we're sitting in now, uh, to make it real. Yeah. So, do you see uh, the future? What do you see for your business in the next couple of years? Yeah, we're just going to need more skilled skilled workers. Um, 
you know, there's always going to be some competition, especially when, you know, there's a, a little bit of an economy collapse. But, I mean, we haven't seen one. Um, yeah, I, that's something also. I, I, I mean, think I've, parents, been working yeah. my, I've been working as many hours as I want since I started. Right. So can we – Job security. Yeah, can we talk about what's been going on? Obviously, COVID's still going on, and uh, uh, we're, we're socially distanced in this room. It's kind of funny, but – this the amount of building going on in Hamilton. It's never been higher. Yeah, with the the huge infrastructure built going up by the airport and stuff happening in Cambridge, and I was out in Waterdown today, and there's oh, new builds like crazy, crazy and new power lines going in, and yeah, it's this is a yeah, it's it's a great it's a great time to get into the trades. It's it's uh, <laughs> the baby boomers are about to exit. There is a huge lull. We're finding there's a, there's a big age gap from about 35 to 50 years old. There's a lot of guys 50 plus in, a, in the industry, and there's there's a, you know, a better amount of guys that are 35 and down, which means there's not a lot of guys from 35 to 50. Um, I don't know what happened in those years, but we're just not finding a lot of a lot of tradesmen. So what we're trying to do is really kind of make up the make up the lost time and, and get some guys in now and get some some people in now, um, male and female, and really train them well. Um, one thing wow. is uh, is understanding how we can, you know, train better. So it's not that we have a volume of staff, but we have a quality volume of staff. Um, and it, it all comes down to training and interest, right? The As technology kind of develops, there's so much to learn. Um, there's so much right. evolving in this industry. There's always efficiencies. We're a little bit behind the UK and, and, and Europe and some of our technology, bringing it over so the faster that we can kind of implement and adapt with you know er early education and and getting it fresh in people's minds but a lot of it comes to technology interesting Interesting. i think in the skilled trades there is a lot of change and and technology when it comes to the materials and they're cleaner and they're lighter and they're more efficient but at the end of the day i don't think you can replace the hands-on person problem solver um, you know, the hand skills with a machine or a robot, right? No. That's factory type automation type work. But when you're out, you know, building new homes and factories and buildings and problem solving, it, it takes a person to do that. The technology is great. It makes your job a little easier, more efficient, maybe more complicated because like you say, now you need iPads, but everybody has to get used to the technology and have it with them, not be afraid of it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, like, yeah, there's, um, they talk about having, like, more, you know, it, what jobs are going to be taken first with technology and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the skilled trades are, aren't going anywhere. Um, I agree. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's just, uh, even when they do modular buildings, like, there, there are things that are getting more efficient. Um, but there's still, there's just, they're controlling where they're being built. More what they're trying to do, and this is what we see, is they're trying to control the installation application. So how is the building getting installed? It doesn't mean that the work's actually getting less. It's just how it's getting installed is controlled. So these modular buildings are fantastic, um, but they're only application specific. Um, and they still need people to do the work in the, in the, in the warehouses. Yeah, to build the piece before it ships out. Yeah, And exactly. then the Quebec's next group huge, is... Quebec's huge for modular buildings. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of really cool developments happening. Awesome. And the plumbing is in it. Yeah. 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 There's plumbers on site and they just go and they know what they're doing. And 
They build them and then they, they ship connect them. it. And they yeah. connect them. Yeah. Yeah. So there's builders, there's plumbers there, and there's plumbers on site. They're still creating jobs for us. Yeah. Uh, they're just sure. changing our our uh, site positions. And to be honest with you, it'd be a great place to work. Yeah. True. Okay. Well, I learned a lot today. Thank you very much, Dan. Yeah, my Do you, pleasure. What is your, you had said you have a podcast. What's your podcast? Yeah, the Guest Life Podcast. Guest Life Podcast. Okay. Will that be on Spotify? Uh, it's on uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Yep. Okay. Awesome. YouTube. All right. I'm going to go great. check it out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to fire the. Yeah, great fire talking up to you, the, Dan. The Thanks tunes here. Once again, I'm Joachim Valentin, the OEF coordinator from the Hamilton Wentworth District School Board. And I am Pat Pirro, the OEF coordinator for the Hamilton Wentworth Catholic District School. And our guest was Dan Guest from Guest Plumbing and Air Conditioning. Did I get it right? Oh, thumbs up. All right. Thank you. So check out more of our podcasts on OEAP Hamilton. And you can find, uh, if you have questions, you can email us. Our email is in the show notes for this episode and others. And uh, we'll see you again or hear you again on uh, the OEAP Hamilton podcast.